0: from the home offices of ash and flow this is unbillable hours a podcast about professional services marketing stick around to listen to our insights tips and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career
1: say welcome to this episode of the underlaws podcast where ash you and i are actually sort of workshopping an episode i
0: think it's workshopping brainstorming because we both have (laughs) elements in we both have like areas to discuss in the specific episode primarily because you had a very interesting webinar and then i'm seeing a lot of things happening in the market but go on Easter.
1: So, so, okay, let's let the listeners into what we've discussed before. So, so we had, a, I attended a webinar by shout out to the firm. I'll put a link in the show notes for, for the listeners. Let me check where they are. The company is a B2B marketing and sales consultancy called Adant consulting. And I'm gonna, without knowing, say that they are in Denmark. Yeah, Basically,
0: somewhere there. in the Nordics is what you've been telling me.
1: Yes, and there do check them out because they they are, they do B two B marketing, B two B sales in the context of very high ticket, very complex B two B sales. So not consulting specifically, but that and they have very interesting things to say, particularly about the alignment between sales and marketing, which is something that's not as prevalent in consulting, or it's a bit more specific, right, in our space because you usually do not have like a sales team; it's the business and marketing, right? But the principles. Might be similar. I attended a webinar by them and they talked about truly integrated planning and how sales teams, marketing teams have to plan together and how this is difficult because of misalignment. We probably Mm -hmm. all know these issues, but the colleague who was presenting it and I forgot his name said something very interesting, sort of dropped it in a sentence. He said, well, often we go into these companies, we analyze the collaboration between marketing sales, and then we find that there are no defined SLAs in and, marketing towards yeah. sales. And I was fascinated. And I went away and I was like, this idea is actually kind of cool. And I tried to translate it for an episode into the question, maybe yeah. we can improve the alignment between marketing and the business and the consulting firm by packaging and cataloging and describing the services we do much better. And I we'll get into the discussion here in the yes, because and, I proposed this yeah. to you. And I said, look, here's my idea. Why don't we in a marketing function determine some areas, let's say events. We then define standard packages. So I'm not using the term SLA, but the idea is similar. We say, look, if you do an event, here's the standard package, right? We do a bit of pre-event continent engagement, during event content engagement. And then we do a long follow-up of repurposing. The content. Here's what's in the box and some decent bad emails, uh, so-and-so many pieces of website copy and so forth. And we... Add to that, not a price because we're in how internal function, but we say, okay, and it'll take us four weeks worth of turnaround and we need so and so many hours of your time. And,
0: and then this is Ash, where uh, yeah. you
1: slightly disagreed. So do you want to, or not disagree, yeah. but you had a, d- a different observation. I, had a I, sli-
0: quite a, interesting. I would say it's a different spin and it's also a mild disagreement there because there are elements. So let's start with the whole professional services systems integrated type firms. What we normally see is there's always a trend between using one major enterprise solution then followed by another trend where you use disparate, smaller enterprise solutions and connect that to the big one. And this has been a cyclical thing for a very long time. The same way within the corporate functions, within marketing and sales and all these things, there's always been the function, always been the thing that there is specializations required and there's generalizations required. I mean, if you really go back, sales and marketing were a joint function back in the day. And then there've been so many you know changes because of the way the economy works, because of the way how you market, how you sell, all these things. And you, and everyone went down the whole path of like, These are all specific to sales. These are all specific to marketing. They need to connect. They need to talk together. We've done many episodes of how sales and marketing need to communicate and all that kind of stuff. But what's happening right now is we're facing a lot of pressures when you look at the market. One, headcount reduction, budget optimization new capabilities new features and things like that so we need to start with the first two things large corporates are basically sizing down their entire teams both on the sales side and the marketing side and trying to bring in more generalists as opposed to specialists to help them with various things and on the same front there's also lots of new capabilities coming everyone's talking about gen ai everyone's talking about how to use these new capabilities everyone's talking about the next future of industry and all these things and of course here comes the interesting part where you're finding people who are typically in marketing which is demand generation and lead gen moving into the sales side of the organization and people who are on the sales side of the organization which were primarily like the offering bundling the, the go to
1: teams yeah, yeah all
0: of them are moving more into the marketing and research function and research essentially what I mean here is the thought leadership function in some companies and all the content research function basically that assists both sales and marketing because sales tells you what the market's basically talking about. Marketing basically comes up with what the market should be talking about. When both of these things come together with all these changes that we face, we're now really coming to the point where we need generalists because you need the marketing, sales, and let's call it the research team all to be knowing the same amount of information at the start so that they can do the various elements of their job and if you're supposed to be working in a non-siloed fashion i don't really think we need slas as much as we need to devise what are you doing to understand the market and to sell to the market yes slas will be needed for things like what you said like how do you run an event and like what should be the time frame stuff like that those things make sense but on the broad picture, you need to generalize how you connect marketing and sales by making sure that they're all involved at the start. You cannot create a go to market without understanding what the market wants and not be, and you also can't sit and be reactive. But, you go on, so,
1: but what would be your, so I think it's interesting because we both seem to attack the same issue, which is, of misalignment misunderstanding and then subsequently you know just wasted effort right <laughs> between marketing sales and so forth so, so what's your practical solution then so because i if i follow you correctly you say don't package stuff too much is okay that's why i'm hearing am i also imp- reading the implied assumption correctly that because you have broader teams tasks don't sit in silos anymore necessarily. And there's also change in the market. You mentioned the AI, that, that you need a bit more of an agile approach versus you know rigid rules and prepackaged everything. So would that be a fair... Yeah, I would right. say
0: the agile thing definitely makes sense on some levels, but here's the thing. When you're looking at how marketing and sales function, In a large organization, it's very different how it functions in a small or mid sized organization because there's more generalists there. Lots of people need to, like, lots of people on the marketing side need to be educated on sales processes and things, or lots of people on the sales side need to be educated on marketing processes and things. B2B SaaS companies kind of do it slightly better. In this fact, in that the sales there is essentially demand generation. But right now, everyone's on the same level, you know, level playing field. People are coming in. You can't just come in with the whole thing that, yeah, I'm a marketer. My primary thing is I'm going to just keep generating content or I'm just going to do the digital marketing element. No, you actually need to understand the entire sales funnel, the sales process, because guess what? You'll be working with them in helping them package their offerings, in helping yeah. them go to market. Sadly, what I'm seeing in some of the bigger firms is that they're trying to, for cost reasons and not for practical reasons, literally for cost reasons, get the marketing teams to not work with the sales team on the go-to-market strategy because of time constraints and stuff, which doesn't really make sense. Because ultimately, you do need the marketing function to sit with sales there to help understand how you go to market. Because mm-hmm. everything that they build behind that is literally supporting this. If say, and the sales teams need to work closely with both research and marketing to understand what is it that the audiences, you know asking for. like okay. to bring the Metaverse example, which I did mention earlier, but here is that Metaverse was an interesting concept. It was poorly marketed and pushed heavily into markets where it doesn't really make sense. And that's all down to the fact that there's poor research and sales was very excited and marketing was even more excited to jump into it. Problem is, this is very valid for markets where there's less physical real estate, physical space for both consumers as well as corporations. Now, you put that into, say, a country like North America where there's lots of space, why the hell do they want virtual space when they can literally go out like you know like you flow you've yeah. got like lots of space i'd say why do you need virtual space you need something to do with the physical space so there was misalignment which is so, the reason so for the, seeing- for
1: the listeners i live in a very rural area of germany where even today real estate is not super expensive it's getting more expensive though, but that's stuff for another episode. Also, I should say, if this was you and me, like really, workshopping uh, yeah. um, an episode without our listeners listening in on us, I would now go on a forty-five minute tangent about why I would, why I hate the metaverse.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Myself,
1: yeah. <laughs> we'll save that. Yeah. We'll save that for later. Like you, yeah. you know, I also you know don't have a. No, what I should that. overcome my bias, and we should probably do a live episode sometimes in the metaverse, which would exactly look like PlayStation Home in the nineties. But without the legs, that's my t- sorry. that's why I was my job, no matter what. No, but I get your I get your point, and I wanted to, to maybe bring us back. To what I like you saying there is that the way you describe it is marketing has to sit with sales together, for, or in our case probably the business because these are the guys doing the selling. I one hundred percent agree because especially in consulting, I. Don't think you'll see a fusion of these teams. There's no chief revenue officer with a combined team. There's maybe even, I'm not saying, I'm not contradicting our recent guest Staffel, who said they often recommend the formation of ABM teams, right? Yeah, Instead which you do see in large
0: organizations.
1: Yeah, Which you can see, yeah. But I think it's rare in consulting because the, consul- the sellers are the consultants do also do the work. So it's, for me, it's always a bit difficult. I think we won't, it's probably not in the near future where we see mixed teams of both groups. But that is, so I really like the way you frame it. So it's, it is a measure of sitting together, planning together and conversing. And I do buy your point that agile approaches. So in more intense and more often, the more regular communication and alignment, it might be an alternative to what I proposed, which was standardization and so so you create cl- the clarity and bridge the gap through communication. I do the same by itemizing stuff. I'm not going to... I hate Agile. That's why I am. But yeah. No,
0: <laughs> I'm not a big fan of terminology like that. But I will say <laughs> that I have to agree that SLAs are needed for mm-hmm. specific tactical items not for the strategic things like an event is literally a tact like okay Okay, the strategy behind an event is something but the tactics of an event will need an sla because you need to be like i need you to give the information that we're going to this event x months before and all those kinds of things in those tactical elements slas are needed
1: Although I would say, yeah, okay, you're right. And then, although I would say maybe you can even like, actually, I have clients where we try this. I will not say I always recommend it, but we have, I have clients where we try this, that we, there's not necessarily SLAs, but we do formalize the strategy process, right? So we mm-hmm. have a packaged and standardized way of saying, this is how we built a marketing strategy. This is how often we, like we revise it every two years. Here's how we do this. There's one workshop included, two days offsite with the leadership. That's the highest level generic agenda. So no content, but so so you can pre-program some of that stuff to create some clarity and also to increase discipline and commitment a little bit. But that's an aside. I generally see your point and I generally agree with it. But coming back to my hate for agile, the fear I always have with these things is that over time you start out with a process you describe and it's fairly disciplined and it tends to work. And then over time you get to the point where the percentage of low production or non-productive alignment stuff takes a huge chunk of time. Like you have meetings and you have the stand-ups, or you have the alignment sessions, or you do the workshops, but it's not there's no actual doing there. Or there is doing, but it's very repetitive. So that over time, you obviously land where I started from, which is let's just write all this stuff up and repeat. Once so standardized
0: it. I'm, just so Flo, I'm sorry to interrupt. I want to go on a slight tangent. If you feel like this all is right. not relevant, we can delete this off. But here's the thing. The market is changing rapidly. Let's just take AI as yeah, an example. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, let's yeah, just take yeah, yeah. AI as an example. Everyone's trying to get into AI. Everyone's trying to do this. Now, there's a number of things. One, AI requires data sources to like feed its generative models to make sure that it's more efficient. It's not intelligent. Yeah. Again, I want to remind people it's efficient. So it takes in all these data models and puts, you know, that as this resource, <clears throat> research material to then help the individual, the customer or the client to use it for whatever they want. Now let's take open AI chat GPT where essentially they let you create a lot of things. Now, having been u- having used this for quite a while now, I can tell you that initially it was uncensored. You could do whatever you want. You could do all sorts of crap. Late- as it progressed further, they started adding filters. They started doing things and making it a little more refined. Certain things couldn't still work, but guess what? People can still bypass it. As these things get yeah, bypassed, yeah, yeah. Not to, There's two elements here. One, there's a huge amount of data that needs to like research resource. Now, as it's learning all these things, guess what? There is no AI to like improve this. And here's the funny thing. OpenAI actually has content moderators to look at the content generated by the AI to see if this should be fed back into the language learning models and it can yeah. be useful and if things are I- not unique.
1: Yeah. This is an aside, but I heard someone, and I laughed about this for two full minutes. I heard someone describe this this effect, this Ouroboros effect that AI models are now being trained on content that's been generated by AI models. I heard someone liken that to to BSE in the UK in the 90s because we're feeding the cows cow brains again? (laughs) That was was a mistake in the past. Yeah, Yeah, so... uh, Absolutely, so
0: that's a completely different side of it, because that's basically like... We're running low on data models. We're running low on like, you know, all these sources. So what they do is they create new profiles to keep feeding in, which then has biases, which have lots of issues. But the fact that they need content moderators now to look through the things that have been generated by AI to see if it should learn from it or not learn from it shows how quickly things are moving and how quickly the needs are escalating, that there is no AI to literally look through all the things that have been generated by AI and they need literal people mostly from Africa, being paid like $2 an hour <laughs> to do this kind of stuff. The, oh God, the whole thing so, is so this, horrible. Yeah. everything keeps changing rapidly. And yeah, as that was the main changing, point. As yeah. things are changing, there is no way to just say my client needs this. There's a risk management process, which is not even in place at most places. There's no way to market something and say, this is amazing. And then, you know, two weeks later, backtracking and say, oh, by the way, what the thing that we thought was amazing is absolute crap. We can't talk about it. So unless you bring the research teams, the sales teams, and the marketing teams to have the latest information as things are changing, you're basically going to be sending out mixed messages to the market. Your clients are not going to see you as a voice of trust. Also remember, you can't be too slow to this party because then... You're basically not seen as a person to yeah. you know rely on. So how, okay, if, if you do it separately, it becomes problematic, and that's why we need generalists coming in who have an understanding which so... every company is forced to get into because they're doing headcount reduction and budget optimization. Every, the factors are all in play, but the strategy is not in play. That's my point here. But sorry, right. go on. So please.
1: and then no, then this is a, this is probably the strong argument for you cases. The complexity outside our small firms it's so huge and it's increasing and stuff changes all the time that an agile approach is actually better even if you incur a bit more cost in terms of process inefficiencies or redundancies but you still can process the complexity and seize the benefits within Whereas my trusted old write everything up and package it approach while hugely efficient also makes you miss a lot of the opportunities or le- lets you leaves you vulnerable to some of the changes because yeah you described your event marketing process a year ago but it's 2023 Open AI's chatbot is pretty strong and now what? We're not using it because our process doesn't reflect it. Yeah, I get that. So, I mean, this is an interesting discussion. I like it. And if you were to workshop a full episode, we would have to now debate what are our recommendations to the listeners?
0: I have one to begin with. First of all, all right. we learned a lot of things during the pandemic because at that time, Things were happening in real time. People were dying. People were, you know, there was no cure. Everyone was stuck at home. We didn't know how to market things. There were everything. Everyone had to suddenly work remotely. Things had to move to the cloud. All these things were happening. Marketing, sales, everyone had to like come together, like form task forces and stuff. It's like we haven't learned that. The world is changing faster right now because of certain things. Everyone's just waiting for the next, you know, shoot or drop or something like that to move on. When, if you wait that long, what essentially happens is sales will have the conversations. Marketing will start to build all these materials. Research will start doing the research and suddenly you'll find something. Hold your horses. We can't do anything now. And what essentially happens is you're putting... You're putting the message into the market that your sales teams are trying to sell something that you're not even marketing, which you cannot blame on one or two individuals. You'll have to blame your organization. And this doesn't yeah. matter about the scale of your organization. This matters about the every, the whole thing. So the research team needs to come up with a risk management process for everything. The sales team needs to go and say, this is what we're trying to sell with the inherent risks. And marketing team needs to say, here's where we see our current path forward, but this is one of the many paths forward, regardless of which capability you're focusing on. And that's a good strategy to, you know, take this through, but
1: Okay. Yeah, no, you sort of convinced me, honestly. So I'll try to I'll try to package a couple of recommendations. So I think, and I'm buying it, so I agree. You're right. Pains me to say because I prefer being right myself. Just kidding. So I think your point is valid to say there is a need for a greater agility and a bit more. uh, Can I even say fluent sort of collaboration? The emphasis here being on collaboration. So it's not you can't afford to allow the misalignment or potential misalignment between marketing and business and other sectors to exist. You got to do something against it. And buying from you that a more collaborative agile approach is what's needed in those times we live in. Okay, bought it. So uh, maybe that's recommendation one, right? Just remind everybody that there is this potential misalignment or there are these gaps and you need to work against those actively together. And I think on a continued, but you have to make the effort probably every week again, right? Figure out some process to to get that. And I call it agile, even though maybe it's not the right definition here, but that more collaborative process. I would then add to sort of save my own ass here that within that collaborative effort, you can maybe find some things that are repetitive in nature that don't change as much over time. And then I would definitely recommend formalizing those to the point, and I think this is what I liked about the SLA argument quadrant made very early on, it's not just the description of a process or the creation of a template, but it has the form of a promise in a way. That's what a service level agreement is that says, hey, if you come and need X, we will do Y for you always. You can count on that. That's how it's going to go so everybody understands the process, because I think that then is also a component that helps build up the trust between those various functions, do what you're going to say for me and uh, say what you're going to do for me sorry i stumbled across my own idiom here so say what you're going to do for me and then do as you just said and if you can get that in various places i think that's still valuable and i will say i do not see many marketing teams even do this remotely right because many of them at least those I see, right? And I have a, my the selection bias in my view, but they're even struggling with defining the core process of the function, let alone describing the service level agreement for specific deliverables, right? They do LinkedIn posts every time. There is a loose process for it, but no one has ever described it in full or could, for example, put a timeline to it to say, if you need something posted this Friday, you better come to us on Monday because that's how long it takes, right? And so there's this constant Hectic and misaligned expectations, and then, yeah, disappointment and frustration, which I think that was the very outset. And this was in part, I think, the dysfunction also of the Quadrant guys. No, I agree
0: with you. Talked about it. So here's what I want to like add to that. First of all, when you're doing a process, document it immediately. Yeah. Once you document it, the next time, all you need to do is this is a process how we're going to do it, it maybe iterated on, but mm-hmm. this is how we're going to approach the thing next time. And that's all you need. You also have to let the people know that this documentation has certain constraints, has certain like you know areas where it'll work and where it won't work. When you do that, you should get the whole thing. As I was saying, oh, I really love the S L A. You know point that you brought in from Quadrant, but the thing I would say is it needs to serve a very tactical connection to the strategic you know things that you're doing mostly because an event, how you're pushing out content onto your digital marketing channels, how you're going to do your demand generation. Some of these things can be had as SLAs because they're the tactical stuff where you can save time.
1: Yeah, you don't I, need to I, st- recreate I still think, yeah, I still, this is where I slightly disagree. Or not, I'm not sure if I disagree. I would just say I can even put strategic work break that down into tactical things, right? Yes. Do a, a, like, what are the tactical steps we take to bring about a strategic decision? I could still formalize those and put them in an SLA. Do you know what? I should actually reach out to the quadrant guys and have them explain what they miss. Freaking meant the because I, I don't know.
0: I, <laughs> I would, really don't know um, what the point was. <laughs> I would okay. like to add to how he said the strategic thing. What I'm saying is the big picture is a strategic thing. But every detail of it will still be tactical, which can have SLAs. But the big picture, that's where the strategy comes in. Because strategy is seeing the vision that comes in that way.
1: All right. I think we still did a decent job, right, of, of yeah. tackling this. And it's a little bit a peek up behind the curtain. So this, by the way, to the listeners, this is not fake. We really entered this episode with just a little bit of pre-discussion and a loose idea. So this is how we usually do these episodes, right? we have a topic in mind and then we go back and forth, try to cover out some positions. And we always try to land on recommendations when we can give them. Yeah. And sometimes these recommendations are a little bit work in progress. Like maybe Let's I, do it I,
0: this uh... way. Let's give people a little more sneak peek. Usually what happens is Flo and I have like a quick chat on whatever platform we're on. Then we put in a few points. Then Flo writes down like, here's what we need to discuss. And then we have a chat about it and we... Write down what our main points of discussion are, and then we talk about it. This one was literally, we both came in because of me seeing what's going on in the big firms and stuff, and Flo seeing Quadrant, and his own experiences, and we were, like, talking, and unfortunately, we couldn't do the episode at the time, so we just brainstormed for five 10 minutes and now this entire episode yeah, is yeah. us just we, we are lazy
1: and so we said let's just record our discussion instead of doing the full yeah. episode so i hope yeah. you find that somewhat insider helpful i don't know one last point because you just reminded me of it i really liked your. so it's interesting you said you talked about the down the more generalist teams being a function of centralization maybe downsizing efforts at the large firms yeah. I think it's 100% true in small firms as well, just yeah. as a function of their size. There's a one-person marketing team, two-person yes, marketing team. exactly. And whoever works there has to be good at pretty much everything they need to do, right? They are a journalist by definition. So that's what—that's another reason why I bought your Agile pointer. Your, yeah, I think this works. Because, because across, it applies across the board, yeah.
0: Yeah, across scale, um, this definitely works, yep.
1: No, I mean, okay. I'll declare this was a good one. The listeners will have to let us know if they did. Yeah, that. actually, um,
0: what I would say is reach out to us on LinkedIn or drop a comment when we post this because we are really interested in hearing your feedback and the challenges that you're facing right now with all these things coming in. Because let's be honest, there's a lot of stuff happening where, A, you don't know if you've got, if you're running a marketing team, you don't know how many people are going to be with you next fiscal you don't know how much your budget's going to be if you're running sales you don't know how much marketing support you're going to get and you basically are seeing all these things changing and you're like well i need all the things i need so whatever challenges you have let's have a discussion about it and if you want to discuss with us on an episode let's do that
1: nice i like it i'll stop the recording in a minute i hope you have a great one ash eventually you too and what else is up i don't know i gotta go more than on today
0: yeah it is just. God, I hate one more. <laughs> the rain's better than the heat wave that we're going to get soon. Oh, Maybe yeah, this episode okay, will nice. come out during the heat wave, so stay safe.
1: Yeah, stay safe. Speak soon and Speak have soon. a nice weekend eventually.
0: Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us.